yes, yes, yes. This is Baseball with Albie Falus, Cody Elias, and I'm Joe Shasky. The purpose of this podcast is to break down Bay Area baseball on a weekly basis. And what better day to start this than Saturday, February 9th of 2019, San Francisco Giants Fan Fest is today, boys. Are you guys fired up for that? Albie, what are you feeling? I am jazz. Let's get baseball going. I can smell the grass. I can hear the cleats crunching on the dirt. I'm ready for pitchers and catchers in a few days. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty juiced, as they say, too. You know, I'm really excited to watch the 71 win projected Giants to take the field this year. Can't uh, wait. Uh, I mean, before we start slandering the Giants, let's, wow. let's break down the offseason, because I don't want to jump to 2019 and the regular season until we kind of talk about what got us to this point. Let, let's talk about the offseason, guys. This team, over the last two years, I mean, they were awful. There's no way around it. Multiple 95-plus loss seasons, and we all expected... Uh, a change at the top, and and they started the off season by bringing in Farhan Zaidi and getting rid, or I guess replacing Brian Sabian and replacing Bobby Evans. And you can knock Bobby Evans and Brian Sabian all you want. Brian at some point is going to go to the Hall of Fame. He deserves his recognition, winning the three championships, being one of the longer tenured GMs in the game. But but bringing in Farhan was something that really got me optimistic and excited, and I was expecting a lot of moves. I mean, here we are. February 9th, Saturday, we're like 10 days away from actual games starting, and they've done almost nothing to help the big league roster. Are you guys depressed, sad, angry, frustrated with Farhan, or do you think this is just part of the process, as they say? Well, as a big tanking and rebuilding guy like I am, um, I think this is all part of the process, and how dare you, how dare you slander the name of Drew Pomerantz <laughs> and others that, that Farhan has signed. I, when they brought him in, I thought that was a great addition. Pomerantz or, or no, Farhan? Farhan, because okay. you steal him from the Dodgers, who you know are your number one division rival. They've won the division, like, how many? 45 years in a row now mm-hmm. they won the division? Six. They're, might as well be 45. <laughs> they, uh, they, The way they build their team down there with him and Andrew Freeman, the way they build it through the farm system, and they just continue to keep pumping out guys. You see guys like Verdugo and, and Bellinger and Seager. Every year they're pr- pr- bringing out a bunch of young guys. That, that's something we haven't seen the Giants do. So hopefully Farhan can do this with the Giants farm system, which is ranked 26th right now, according to Keith Law, hmm. and keep building forward and hopefully you know get some young, exciting talent out there. So the lack thereof of an offseason, I'm not really worried about. Yeah, Farhan was a great addition. I mean, he's regarded as one of the brightest minds in baseball across the board. Uh, we've seen him actually with with contracts. He sheds, you know, he's got Kemp, Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon McCarthy, Scott Casimir, so he can move bad contracts, and that's what I'm most interested in seeing because the Giants have some really bad contracts on this team. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. One of the things you brought up was just how the Dodgers have constructed their team over the last few years, and one thing I like is you got a mix of young players, the Bellingers, a fifth-rounder who's really overachieved his draft status, and then you also blend that in with some of the veterans and some of the international signings that they've had. I think that's one of the things, as a Giants fan, we were known in the 60s and the 70s, even until the 90s, of bringing in international guys. Um, And so it was one of the big frustrations I had with the prior regime. How can you not land Yoenis Cespedes? How are the A's getting this guy in front of you in an international city? How can you not get a Japanese superstar? How can you not get a Chinese superstar? And so when I see the way the Dodgers were built with Maeda, you, Puig, and then you mix that in with some of the veterans that they did have, and then finding these gems like, you know, I can't stand this guy, but uh, Justin Turner, you know, guys like that. That's how you create a team that wins six consecutive division titles. Well, with the Dodgers, if we've seen, is they don't spend a lot of money on contracts either. So it's not like Friedman and, and Farrell are bringing in these high-priced free agents. Andrew Freeman being a Tampa Bay Ray guy, he's not going to spend money. He's going to find guys through the draft and find these guys you never heard of before, and they're going to play multiple positions. The best example besides Turner's, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor is a great find for them. I mean, Kike Hernandez, another great find good for call. the Dodgers. They have so many good players that you never heard of before. If you didn't follow the Mets, you had no idea who Justin Turner was. So that was a good a good find. And you have young pitchers like Walker Bueller who stepped up. Oh, he's and he was, he was an awesome. I remember it was, what, Sunday Night Baseball was him and uh, Jack Flaherty from the, from the Cardinals pitch on Sunday Night Baseball. I was like, this is the future of baseball. You got... These two young guys going at it. So if you're a Giants fan and you want to see how bright your future can be, I believe in Farhan. He did a nice job with the A's. For every Cespedes, though, that was signed by the A's, there was a Nakajima also signed by the A's. So they were not always signing great guys, but I, I do like the moves that he's made. And, you know, like I said, the lack of an offseason so far, it's it's whatever. But, you know, going forward, hopefully they start bringing in guys and, well, We'll get to it, but there is one guy that they're rumored to be getting, and this could be the biggest one. So. Oh, Bryce Harper, chill out. Albie, what were you thinking on the offseason? You know, the offseason's been slow. There's been tumbleweeds everywhere, just yeah. dancing across baseball. <laughs> but, like, 
It is what it is. I mean, that's kind of how we're at right now with baseball, right? Yeah. I mean, J.D. Martinez gets signed late February. I think it was February 26th last year. We saw what he did for the Red Sox. He was an MVP finalist. Um, this year, we're looking at another slow offseason. And it's just that that's where we're at with baseball. And I'm a little bit concerned that looking ahead to 2021, we're heading towards the lockout. Yeah, we'll get to that later. We're also going to break down just what the NL West has done, the DH rules, uh, some of the other proposed rules in Major League Baseball, like the shift. But I want to dig deep real quick on this starting rotation. You mentioned bringing in Drew Pomerantz to kind of bolster the staff. Right now, I'm looking at some sort of a rotation or options of Madison Bumgarner, Derek Rodriguez, Johnny Cueto's obviously going to be on the shelf till at least September 1st. He's saying he wants to come back. That's a whole nother can of worms. If he's not traded by that. Oh, I mean, who's going to trade for someone who's hurt? I don't know. We'll see. Drew Pomerantz gets brought in. They still have Ty Block. They still have uh, Derek Holland, who they brought back on, I think, a one- or two-year deal this year. And then you also have the likes of uh, Tyler Beatty, who is down in AAA, Ooh. and we'll bring him up in a second. <laughs> and then you also have my guy, Andy Suarez. So you got a lot of options. And then there's the guy who's made a lot of money who may or may not fit into the starting rotation. Maybe he's an opener. Maybe he's part of the bullpenning, and that's Jeff Samarja. Where are you guys at on the rotation? Albie, I'll start with you. Uh, do you think Derek Rodriguez can back up what he did last year again this year? And where does he slot in behind Bumgarner? I love Derek Rodriguez. The stuff is great. His just command, his confidence, you know, a son of a former big leaguer. I think, I don't know if he's going to be a solid number two. I, th I see him more as a three, four guy going forward. But honestly, this rotation is going to be pretty decent. I mean, a lot of southpaws, like you said, Pomerantz, Holland, uh, Block, and then don't sleep on uh, the young guy, Sean Anderson in AAA. I, okay. like, I like his stuff. He was traded for Eduardo Nunez a few years ago from Boston. Uh, I think this rotation is going to be pretty competitive, especially... As we now, well, Oracle Park, I'll say, no longer AT&T. <laughs> should, we, should we bury it? Should we rest in peace, yeah, Oracle Park? We'll get the funeral take ready later. Okay, thank you. But, uh, Cody, what do you think of this rotation? Uh, well, we're leaving a guy out, a guy I actually like who was, he's pretty consistently pitched. I mean, he had some ups and downs last year, but we forgot Chris Stratton as oh, well. Oh, yeah, well, Stratton has had so many ups and downs, and he's oh, he's God. in a weird spot, right? He's, like, what, he's 28, 29 yeah, this year, entering this year. So, yeah, but he has shown promise. He threw a no-hitter. All I can think about with Stratton is last year, remember that game in Arizona where he just got shelled? Like, gave up, like, eight or nine yeah. runs. It was, like, yeah. a bit, it was a big, big, big series. It was kind of like yeah. they were hovering around 500, and he, he came in and filled in for someone who was injured, and he just got his, you know, lit. Uh, other <laughs> than Other than, you know, the Stratton jokes aside, I, I think the rotation is, if you take Bumgarner, it's probably below average. I don't really think they have a lot there. Uh, Pomerantz, you know, he had the one good year. With Boston, where then last year he was very down and injured and you know inconsistent. Um, I just I don't know if they have enough this year in the starting rotation to really contend. But the opener is a good strategy, especially with someone like Samarja. And I even asked Mark Melanson about that yesterday at Giants oh, Media Day. Oh my goodness, throwing eighty eight miles an hour as an opener. <laughs> I don't know. The, I mean, Sergio Romo was doing it with the Rays and he did it really well. So, but they also have Ryan Stanek who throws, nine, throws 90, 95 plus. So. Yeah. But someone like Melanson said he'd be he always wanted to start, so that's something he'd be open to. But getting back to the rotation, I I like Derek Rodriguez a lot. I think he had a great you know great rookie year. But we've seen how many guys we've seen have a great rookie year and regress their second year. I'm not saying he's going to regress, but I mean I want I need to see more of him. But he did have a great a great first and second half of the season. But he didn't even finish what in the top five for NL Rookie of the Year. So that just shows you how much talent was coming up in Major League Baseball last year. But someone like um. I'm blanking on the other lefty. They, uh, bringing back Holland was a nice move. Very good. I, move. I think I think he had a good year last year in the area under under four, right? So he had a a solid year coming back, bouncing back from a bad couple of years in Texas and Chicago. So I hope the rotation comes together. They have a lot of nice young pieces like Sean Anderson that are hopefully going to make it up next year, but still could be a long season because that rotation might might be below average. If uh, if you're asking me right now on February 9th. yeah, the barometer for me, guys, and and maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like it's. It's Tyler Beatty. I mean, can they find a way to either move off this guy who was a former first-round pick or squeeze the lemon for all it's worth? Because when he came up last year, I had a lot of promise. And then I watched him pitch, and I said, this is a guy who doesn't have a really plus fastball, doesn't really have secondary pitches, looks overwhelmed. And that was a guy you invested such a high draft pick in. And maybe I'm putting too much stock into him specifically, yeah. but I also feel like the other young guys, Suarez, Tyler Block, they all fell off when once Buster Posey went down for the year. And I'm not trying to knock Nick Hundley, but he's just not as good as developing the young guys as Buster Posey is behind the plate. So that's something I'm definitely going to monitor is the young guys and see who in spring training can grab those four and five spots because I think they're all up for grabs. 
Yeah, I think the ship has sailed on on uh, BD. You think he's done? Yeah, I think he's done. We see it was a really interesting pick when they made it a couple mm-hmm. years back. You know, we saw him pitching in the College World Series. He didn't look that great. I was Vanderbilt. kind of questioning it. Vanderbilt. Yeah, a lot of Vanderbilt pitchers come up in the big leagues. Mike Miner, David Price, Sonny Gray, uh, Sonny Gray, <laughs> and they Fake seem ace. to flame out pretty quickly. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but. I'm I'm interested in Suarez though. I thought he looked pretty darn good last year in a lot of starts. I mean, he kind of wore down towards the end, hit the rookie wall. But Suarez, second round pick, good lefty, kind of reminds me of Gio Gonzalez a little bit. I like that. I, I think oh. he's got a chance to stick in this rotation. The guy he reminded me of, uh, Mark Mulder, back in the day, and I and, yeah. and I know a lot of people are whoa, Mark Mulder, because he was really good. But he's kind of a poor man's Jimmy Key, Mark Mulder. He knows his game, you know, and he attacks guys. I really like the way he approached, and he can pitch from behind. So he's gonna. Starts you off with some breaking stuff and then mix in the fastballs and stuff. Do you like him? Uh, I do. I, I You mentioned Gio Gonzalez, another guy linked to the Giants in the yeah. offseason. Maybe yeah. maybe they bring him in. That could He'd be a nice veteran piece to add in that rotation coming from the Nats, and then he was the second half of the year spent with the Brewers. But I, I, a guy, you mentioned uh, Tyler Beatty and how you think he's done. A guy like Kyle Crick who got traded to the Pirates and became more of a middle relief, middle relief slash uh, you know, late innings guy. Mm-hmm. He's he rel- you know, he flourished in that role with the Pirates. So maybe that's something happens with BD. You put him in a late innings role or a middle relief role, and he does better. But I, as a starter, I think I think you're right. I think he's done. So you get that ship is set on him. Ty Block's more of a long reliever for me. I, yeah. I don't I don't see anything there. But I do like Suarez as obviously that second round pick. I like the way he pitched last year. He had a couple good starts, a couple bad starts. He he did hit the wall a little bit there, unlike Derek Rodriguez. So I think they have some nice young talent. But it, it's just gonna have you know you're gonna have to see. When more hitters get used to these guys and they had a full offseason to, to really um, prepare for these guys, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Suarez in the month of June last year, six starts, 34 and a third innings, 2.62 ERA. If he can put together a stretch like that multiple times, I think we're going to see some improvement from him next year. But I think this all comes down to are they going to keep Bumgarner or are they going to trade him at some point? And that's going to be a topic, I think, for the entire season. So. We don't need to necessarily dive in on where that is. I'm more curious, how can they squeeze the Samarja lemon to get something in return on him? And I think the most logical spot is as a bridge from the starter or opener to the bullpen. So if you can kind of get him in that third, fourth, fifth inning role, maybe a couple times a week, maybe you can get some value that way. This is a guy who did come out of the bullpen earlier in his career. I just think his days of starting are, are over. Am, am I wrong, guys? You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. I think I think he's. I think it's a great idea. I either either keep him as the bridge guy, or even yes. or even an opener. Yes. I don't know if he throws enough strikes, enough command <laughs> yeah. to be an opener to get him yeah. out there to start the game. But yeah, I mean, this guy. What is it? What has he done for the Giants? He's had a, he's had what a ten stretch start mm-hmm. where he's been good in the first year. Yeah, exactly. So I mean. I reports are saying from yesterday that his shoulders feeling pretty good, right? Yeah. So yeah. at least we got that going. Buster's on on track to get back on, you know, for opening day. They're saying, which yeah. is nice to hear. Yes. How do you feel about Buster? Well, let's get into the everyday uh, starting starting infield, and and I'll, I'll I'll group in Buster into that group. So you got Buster behind the plate, who's coming off of a hip surgery. Uh, you got Brandon Belt at first base, who's been dangled in trade rumors pretty much for the last two and a half years. Then you have your boy Joe Panic, who totally regressed last year with Alan Hansen behind him. Brandon Crawford at shortstop, who, you know, he's had some ups and downs over the last, I'd say, 18 months. But you know what you get from him. And then Evan Longoria, the guy you traded Christian Arroyo for at third base, who at times was outplayed by Pablo Sandoval last year, if we're being totally honest. So... Guys, where are you at on this infield? I think that they have to move off of Belt and Longoria at some point in the first couple months of this season. Uh, I agree with Belt. I think Longoria's going to have a bounce back year. Really? He's, he's too good of a player to have a year like he did last year. Every year in Tampa Bay, he was consistent. And then he comes here, I think, switching to the, you know, going from the turf to the grass kind of affected him a little bit with his defense. 13 he had, uh, he had all the, Yeah, he had him playing bad defense is uncharacteristic of, of, his, of his play. But I, I like him at third. I think Panic maybe has a better year than what he hit last year, like 239, 240. Yeah. He so was bad last he, year. He went down last year. I think it was 254, my, my mistake. But panicked the year before at 288. So he, he had a, a – after coming off a 240 year, hit 288, then regressed again last year. But Bryce Harper did the same thing. Yeah. So every, every hitter is different. But I, I like – I think Crawford's on the wrong side of 30. You saw what he did the first half of the year last year. Awesome. He was an all-star. Awesome. Yeah, he was an all-star. His batting average was up to like 340. Everyone's like, oh, my God. This yeah, is he had 40 year. incredible days. I'm like, this is, this is, this is going to regress to the meme. Like, he's going to regress. He's, not, he's a career 250 hitter. Yeah. And where do you go back to? He finished around, what, 260, I think? So, But does I, he have value, Cody and Albie? I mean, like, you're looking around the league. All of the best shortstops are young, dynamic you know, not just hitters, but also fielders that are a little more spry than his. I'm not knocking his glove. His glove's awesome. I'm just saying the way the league is now, 
can you really trade and who would you trade with if you were to get rid of Brandon Crawford? Because I feel like every team has a young, athletic, up-and-coming shortstop, no? You're right. Trevor Story, uh, Francisco Lindor, yes. Labor Torres. I mean, the list goes on and on. Javier Baez, I guess, as well. I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr., when he gets caught up, will be yes. a good guy to watch with the Padres, who are in your own division. Good call. Yeah, I don't think Father Time's caught up to Crawford yet. I think it was a tale of two halves last year. Obviously, the first half, he was an all-star. He had 10 home runs, batted 292. Second half hit 193 below the below the Mendoza line, but you know what? He's 32. I think I think they could squeeze a couple more years out of him. What about Obviously, changing the... positions for him? And I didn't mean to cut you off. It's no, just like right. you ever you guys ever considered him maybe going to second base, maybe going to third base? That's something no. I had never really considered until he struggled last year. I think it's a pride thing for him. I think he wants it. He's probably the best defensive shortstop in the National League. I think Angels and Simmons is the best defensive shortstop in baseball, but I still think Crawford's the best defensive shortstop in the National League, and I think that that's the thing of. A source of pride for him because he plays such a good shortstop. Absolutely, and, you know he he's a he's one of the best in defensive run saves, which is is a huge metric they determine now for for infielders. So, moving to second, that maybe down the road, but what does that mean for Joe Panic if Joe Panic has a bounce back year this year? Do you trade him? Yeah. Which could be a good thing going forward. You can maybe get something out of him because Panic's still relatively younger and under control. I mean, we saw what Panic did to start the year last year: home run off Kershaw, home run off Kenley. Giants are two and zero. He was on pace for 162 home runs. I know. And then Actually, it all no, 324, just, whatever. And Ty Block was going to go 35-0. and 0. I don't know what to make of Panic. Uh, he's another – the Giants have had so many just injury-riddled players. I mean, you go down the roster, just Nate, you name it, Bell, Panic, Posey. I mean, Panic was an all-star in 2015, a gold glover in 2016. Can he get back to that? He's 28 years old. I, see, I, don't, I don't see why not. I think he can get back to that. Yeah, I think he's tapped out. Personally, I, really? I, I think Panic is tapped out where he's at. He hasn't gotten better. I haven't seen any evolution of his game. He's not gotten bigger. He's been hasn't hurt. Got, but that's part of the game. I mean, some guys just fade away, and I think he's one of those guys. I would rather see what Alan Hansen has left uh, or has in him than but what Panic has left. he can only hit on one side of the plate. Yeah, but when he gets on on base, he gives a dynamic element that this team hasn't had since Darren Lewis. And that's just something that you saw him score from first base last year, and that's one of the more popular highlights of the year. I just really liked what Alan Hansen brought to the table. I agree with you. He's limited. But I want to see the guy get 350, 400 at-bats. Uh, I know a lot about Alan Hansen. He was a Pirates top prospect for years, and then the Pirates just unceremoniously just got rid of him because they had so many players in their system. They're like, yeah, we really don't need him anymore. And he went to the White Sox, and... Never really doing anything to the White Sox, and he comes to the Giants, he gets a chance to play. You saw what he did last year. I, I like him. He's young. He's dynamic. But when you one of your best highlights is a guy scoring from first base, I mean, <laughs> good Lord. I mean, that I mean, Billy Hamilton can score from first, and he does that every day. So I, I think that you got to give him some at-bats, but then that takes away bats from Panic and possibly Crawford. But you're right. Panic was hurt last year. Crawford, you know, sometimes gets a little injury prone. So we'll, we'll see what happens. So we just got a, a, a breaking news right now. Uh, Larry Bear has just announced that there is nothing – to announce today regarding Bryce Harper. So we can squash the Bryce Harper talk for right now. Damn. Which actually I think is a great transition. Uh, let's get right to the outfield, guys. Right? Uh, I mean, what outfield? Well, that's a Wait, can we, we we have to talk about Brandon Belt for a second. Okay, go. Bring up Brandon Belt because I'm done with Brandon Belt. And I want to see him gone. Seem, that seems to be the sentiment for the fan base. They're, Finally. They're done with Brandon Belt. It's not the kind of guy that the Giants, if, if he goes to another team, he's going to hit 35 to 40 home runs a year. So what? Is Adam Duvall really, like, crippling my mind at no, night? No, no, I'm not talking I mean, about Adam Duvall. He's one of the best defensive outfitters in baseball. But Adam look, Duvall? Adam Duvall. Look it up. And his 220 strikeouts per year? Don't carry his home runs. Okay. And, and, and I know you just kind of ripped on me for the for the uh, injury conversation, but, like, look, look at this guy. 2013, stomach virus. Breaks his <laughs> thumb in 2014. Uh, suffers concussions. Concussion symptoms come back. Tears his meniscus in 2015. Uh, another season-ending concussion. Underwent appendectomy. And, like, hyperextended his knee in Seattle last year. <laughs> Can this guy just, like, go, like, just go 150 games without injuring yourself, he please. He can't do it. Well, the, the outlier is the one year he went over 150 games starting at first base. That's the outlier. The norm is him getting hurt. He's so hurt all the time. He's missing FanFest today, guys, because one of his kids is sick. So, I mean, it's always <laughs> something. And I'm not trying to rip his family. I'm just saying, like, the guy is always unavailable. And if I look at first base, if we were to take a step back, right, guys, look at what's in the system. Aramis Garcia. You've got, obviously, at some point, Joey Bard, who needs to get there. Ryder Jones, Austin Slater. Chris like Shaw. Yeah, yeah Chris so, Shaw. so what I'm saying is, at some point, you need to open up first base. And we know that Posey... Not necessarily needs to be transitioned there for full time, but he's going to have to get some starts there throughout the season to keep him, quote-unquote, fresh. Don't you logically need to open up first base 
by trading Brandon Bell. Isn't that something that they should have already done? How, how many 20 home run seasons has Brandon Bell had? None. Zero. How many 100 RBI seasons has Brandon Bell had? None. You're not going to win with like, on a first baseman that can't do either I, of those. I and agree. hit 300 or even close. He had one year, he had 289. Other than that, he's he's been subpar. I, I loved him coming out of Texas. Everyone hyped him. So much coming out of Texas. Left-handed power hitter. He's a, he's just an overall great hitter. Probably had like a 70-80 contact and 80 power when it comes to the, the scouting scale. People loved him coming out of out of Texas. But what has he done? Yeah, he's won three World Series. That's great. But still, I, I just I, – was the actually did he, did he win one in 2010? No. Okay, he's he in the two World Series. He, he came up 2011, and Aubrey Huff had to go out to left field because he started on opening day, if you guys remember right. correctly. I completely forgot about Aubrey Huff. Yeah. In the thong. Aubrey Huff out in left field. He's an above-average defender. Um, but oh, he's elite. That's what the, all I didn't the say Brandon Belt. No, I, I said know. above average. But that's what the Brandon Belt fans say. Oh, he's so great at first. No, he's no JT Snow. I, thank you, Albie. I'm no so JT glad Snow. you said that. That's one yeah. people always say. Yeah, he reminds me of JT Snow. I'd rather have JT Snow now at whatever he is, 50, than, than <laughs> Brandon Belt. He'll probably stay on the field longer. And I'm not trying to take shots at Belt. I like Belt. He's a good young guy. He's a good guy and everything. And he he does he plays the game the right way, but. He just, he just can't stay healthy. Absolutely. And so I think we're all in agreement there. They all need right. to obviously clear the deck on Brandon Belt. Who knows if and when or how that can happen. Let's move to the outfield, and then we're going to get to the bullpen. We'll definitely uh, tease a little about the NL West in general, the DH rule, all the different shift proposals that are going on right now in the big leagues. But, guys, right now you got Duggar, maybe Mac Williamson, Austin Slater, who has the most career at-bats of anyone currently on the 40-man roster, which is scary for the outfielders uh, that are projected to play. Right. I mean, I like Duggar. Let's start with him. Center field. We need a defensive-minded center fielder who can run. Finally, they got a young guy. My entire life, I feel like they've been just buying off the bargain bin since Darren Lewis. It's been Kenny Lofton, Marquise Grissom, Aaron Rowan. It's it's old, old guys that get brought in here. The Denard Span move of fear. Dustin uh, first, Moore. First of all, don't you dare insult Andrew McCutcheon like that. He was the greatest giant outfielder in the last five years. Oh, wow. Great. So yeah, uh but center on. but center field, like seriously, I like I like Duggar. It was a shame he got hurt in the fashion that he did diving back into second yeah. base. I thought that was a brutal injury because he was the guy I wanted to see the last two months play. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Alex Pavlovich last week and he was telling me this guy's already respected in the clubhouse. Duggar is? Oh yeah, yeah. Really? He's a big energy guy. He brought a boost to them last year. I know they weren't winning games, but when he got called up, he you know, he's twenty five years old. Season got cut short in August with the sh- with a shoulder injury. Uh, only 141 major league at bats under his belt, but uh, he's an above average defender. He's got some speed. He's toolsy. He's toolsy, and you haven't seen a toolsy Giants prospect since who? I can't even. I don't even know. Fred if there's Lewis. One. Fred Lewis, who hit the cycle in Coors on Mother's Day. Never you forget. know what? But Fred had a good year. If you look at like who's had the best years in left field since Bonds has retired. Fred's got one of the better seasons out there as far as a complete year. Uh, getting to getting back to the Duggar, do you think he can be? I want to see him rolled out as the leadoff hitter yes. and to start in center field. Opening day, give him the chance. Let and, him do it exactly, but not like a one day thing or a one week thing. Give him a month. Let him hit against lefties. Exactly. Give him that benefit of the doubt. Am I overstepping it? No, I, I think he's the guy in center. I think he's probably your best outfielder right now. I mean, if you look at their their projected starting outfield, it'll be him, Chris Shaw, and. Mac totally Williams. forgot about Chris Shaw first base too. Mac, Mac, and yeah. Mac Williamson. So I, I want to see Duggar plays dynamic. Uh, the way he plays elite, he plays. I would say elite yet. He's, he's still got young. a good arm. He's a good. He's a great defender. But I want to see more out of him. I don't want to see him a hit against lefties. I want to yeah. see him in the lineup every day or six day. You know, six days out of the week. I he, want to see what he can do against some of the best pitchers in baseball and helping this team from the leadoff spot and moving him around in the, in the rotation or the rotation, the batting lineup because he's he is quick as well. So they need some speed on the base pass, and I think that. Having him out there brings a little bit of excitement, especially if Absolutely. you're not gonna, especially if you're not gonna sign Bryce Harper. You need some kind of excitement in that lineup. Doesn't he kind of remind you of uh, Steve Finley a little bit? Absolutely, poor man, Steve Finley. He's Steve Finley that. was just so good. You got to do it for you know six, uh, seven, sure. eight, nine years. I'm talking years. build and frame no and just the way yeah, he runs, that's a the way he gets out of the box. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, one of my buddies said it. He's not as big as him physically because we remember bigger Jim Edmonds, but he's got some yeah. Jim Edmonds to him in the way he gets out of that. the batter's box. When he climbs over a wall, I'll say he looks like Jim Edmonds. Dude, he's so got looks... a catch. Jim Edmonds has like seven of the greatest catches of the '90s and the early '00s. So yeah, that's a that's Be- a tall between task. him and that one that Gary Matthews Jr. made. Those oh, are like yeah. two of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Yeah. What kind of power do you think he'll display? You see, power numbers for me aren't as relevant in center field. I, can you hit doubles? Can you run? In our ballpark, doubles and triples, in, in fact, I value them significantly more than home runs, especially coming out of the center field spot. Like, 
him getting to second base, third base, that's going to help manufacture so many more runs. I don't really care if he hits six home runs this year. Can he get on base, be a pest, hit gaps? Like yeah. The way I would build my team if I was looking at some of the most productive outfield combinations we've had in this last you know, post-Bonds era, Melky Cabrera didn't hit a lot of jacks. It was the doubles. He had like 50-something doubles wasn't in he, a short season. Wasn't he hit season. like 350 when they, when they got rid of him because of the whole P- yeah, the steroid thing? thing. Yeah. Yeah. He, was hit, he was having a he was MVP he was that year. He yeah, was like but he was MVP slapping right the ball around the whole ballpark and running. He had decent speed. I, I want to see Duggar start opening day in center field. Give him, even if he struggles out of the gate, give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see this guy develop because we haven't had a homegrown outfielder developed. From the Giants' farm since Chili Davis in 1986. They traded for Darren Lewis. So they need this guy to be that one piece to start off with. Don't that's you? A, that's R- embarrassing. RIP the, the career of Gary Brown. Oh, well, He never even made it up. That's and, what I mean. And that kind of brings me up to Joey Bart. Because I want to bring up Joey Bart right now. Since we're going to go through the infield, the outfield. Joey Bart drafted number two overall. The last time the Giants drafted this high was in 1985. It was Will Clark. Will Clark drafted in June, July. Old Will the Thrill. Yes, from Mississippi State. And do you know he was the opening day first baseman in 1986? So just a couple of months later. I keep seeing a lot of people say, oh, he needs to get seasoned in the minors. Joey needs to learn how to deal with his staff and all that. I'm taking the opposite approach. I am of the belief that he needs to get out from underneath the crouch, put him at first base. His bat is dynamic. I think I need to have him on the big league roster right out of the gate. I don't necessarily need to start him uh, every single day, but I think he needs to be with the big league club, the big league trainers around Buster Posey, learning how to deal with the staff, all the nuance that goes on there. I don't want to see him catch these archaic number of innings in the minors and subject himself to getting hit because the way I'm looking at it, boys, catcher is the running back of the NFL. You have a small window where like you can that. be productive, and why would I want to minimize that window by having him play in the minors? Well, you're right about catchers being productive. Look what the Phillies is able to get JT Romuto. Unreal. So they gave up their best prospect to get him. Exactly. So I, I do think with Bart, I think that, you know, say Buster doesn't start the year. How, what's wrong with having Joey Bart start the year as your, your everyday catcher? You let him get some experience. I agree. And then you set him back down. You get fans a little excited to see what he does. Yeah, maybe he hits. Super maybe, two. Maybe, maybe, God. Okay, yeah. Yes. Okay, but, the financial ramifications aside, since when do we operate like the A's or the Marlins? I, I hate hearing this argument about you know stalling his well, what, the, free agency. The, like, Cub, I, the Cubs did it with Chris Bryant, though, and that's so did the Braves with Ronald Acuna. Yeah, so we're seeing more with big guys, but I get what you're saying. My whole thing with Bart is who was the last big time catcher come out of Georgia Tech that was this hype? Matt, Matt Weeders. What has Matt Weeders done? I, I'm not saying Bart's he's had a ten year like career. He's had he's been a very reliable catcher. Well, I can't say reliable. He gets hurt a lot, but he's been a very good catcher when he actually plays. I like Weeders. I do a, too. I thought he was a great defensive catcher. He can hit a little bit. I biggest mistake in the last 15 years for the Pirates. They they drafted a reliever over over Matt Weeders. They haven't a catcher since. Uh, but Weeders, I, I like. I, I want to see Bart live up to the hype, but I don't want him to get. I don't want them putting too much hype on him like they have. Him. He's already one of the top 30 prospects in baseball. Deservedly so. He had a great year last year at Georgia Tech, but let him, get, single act. let him get let him get yes, and, and just he only played half a year. Yeah, he played was, twelve home runs in like twenty. No, it wasn't games. even single A. It was like rookie league. Yeah, and then Augusta, Arizona low league Augusta. Or I don't think it was Augusta. How, 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 Salem Kaiser. There you was, go. Yeah, I've been ever talking about this. How how embarrassing is going to be that more? I'm more excited to watch the single A San Jose Giants. Not, of not because I live right there, but watching them play than watching the major league team play because they have Bart and Ramos and other guys. They're starting the year down there. Yeah, here, listen, with Bart, I don't see any scenario where he plays first base. I, I, this is the only guy in college that caught, called his own game. He's a catcher. I mean, another guy I'm going to throw out there, Mike Zanino, fifth pick overall out of Florida, went to the Seattle Mariners probably six, seven years ago. They rushed him through, and he hasn't been a great great uh major league catcher at all. So you're saying that basically bringing someone up too early, they're so mentally fragile that if they struggle right out of the gate, there's no way they can recuperate. To me, that screams that that's probably not the guy anyway. Like you find out, I'd rather find out earlier than later because Gary Brown, for example, played center field. I never even saw him at the big league level. And if I had just known that, maybe we draft a center fielder prior to waiting and waiting and waiting for this egg to hatch. There there are so many different examples of highly touted catchers that they were, you know, as prospects that were caught up that didn't do anything. Jesus Montero, Mike Zanino. There's so many guys that were, you know, they were drafted. uh, um, Travis Darno. Uh, There's so many guys that people put so much hype on these guys be the next big thing, the next Mike Piazza, the next whoever is a catcher, Johnny Bench, and they didn't live up to it. It's the guys like JT Real Muto who, who was not really a highly touted prospect. These guys that that aren't really doing, like uh, Jose, um, is it Jorge Alfaro? Alfaro, Alfaro. Alfaro. the guy that got traded to the Marlins from the the Phillies. He has a dynamic arm. He's a great defensive catcher. 
The guy was supposed to be one of the greatest catchers ever when they called him up. The guy can't hit. Well, what's what's the, isn't this the model for baseball? You have to go through the minor leagues. Like so, tell me, tell me someone who's been who skipped the minor leagues and just been called up, Mike Leake. Mike I mean, Leak. is that the that's a pitcher? Chris, Chris Sell, pretty. I think. Did Give it me a hitter. Is there anyone that's ever done that? Like, it, why? That's, that's what, the business model. So what if that's the business model? Break the business model. The business model for years was don't shift. The business model for years was don't start an opener. Like, can't we look beyond having guys play in the minors? Like, I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, if the guy is that mentally fragile, well, then I found out right out of the gate, and I know, and then I can get, you know, cut bait and not wait for this, again, for this egg to hatch. And you also have Aramis Garcia, who I know we haven't brought him up. He's not the sexiest. But he actually looked good in the last month of the season, and I don't want to pluck too much over September call-ups. But right. he did look really good behind the plate and at first base for this team. When you said about calling, a, you know, break the business model, Bryce Harper and, and Mike Trout started in the minors. So if those two guys started in the yeah, minors. but they came out of high school. This is a guy who's coming out of college. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. There's a difference. He's a little more mature. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think you got to, I like the idea if Buster doesn't come back, you maybe get people excited. That's a huge hypothetical. But okay. I think you have to start him in the minors. Also, Farhan is known to bring guys up through at a quicker quicker yes, rate. Yes. I mean, the Giants' old model was just like, oh, you got to do 150 games <laughs> in San Jose, then we'll go all up to Richmond, and you got to do another 150 at Richmond, and then we'll get you to the And PCL. even then, and even then, yeah. if you're Mac Williamson, good luck. Matt Duffy got to skip AAA. Yes. There's a few names that have got to, you know. Out of need. Yes, out yeah, of need. Out of need. Well, and that, I think that's one of the things you brought up, Farhan. One of the reasons why I said, and I was having this conversation with Kerry Crowley, who covers the team for the San Jose uh, Bay Area News Group, and he was basically saying that Farhan has gotten very creative with the Dodgers minor league when it comes to positional multiplicity. Right. So you got someone like Cody Bellinger. He plays center field, left field, right field, first base, right? Yep. They're trying to maximize and squeeze him into the lineup in many ways. And Great that's the reason why I bring up Joey Bart playing at some time at first base. I'm not saying exclusively. I'm just saying I don't think him becoming a catcher exclusively is the path for him to get to the bigs right out of the gate. Do you think baseball's trending in that direction? Multiple, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't you? I, I think so, yeah. I that mean, way you can get the right bats in the lineup to face a guy depending on what their numbers are. And that's right. why when I look at someone like Brandon Belt, who can really only play first base, it's kind of like a dinosaur type of a guy. We're yeah, like, I can't point. play you anywhere else. You, you, don't yeah. like, you don't like Belt, the left fielder? No, he's terrible <laughs> in, in left field. And that's not even a knock on him, but when he came up, the Dodgers, he was the first baseman. The Dodgers did kind of start this. Yeah, Max Muncy, yes. Chris Taylor. Even even Turner. Turner's Turner, played a couple yeah. different positions for uh, Bellinger's them. Bellinger's playing center field. Yes, exactly. I, I, I actually, he looked good. He made I, some he actually, great. in the playoffs. Yeah, I, actually like, I actually yeah. like him in center and putting Muncy at first. They, 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 do the, they do things right down there, and it's that's a testament to Farhan and, and, exactly. and Andrew Friedman, too, but more. Right. Zaidi does the night. I mean, he, I, I really, I was, as a non, I'm, I'm, everyone knows, as a non-Giants fan, mm -hmm. I like what he, I like them bringing him in, and I like what he's going to do. Finding these guys to play multiple positions, that's the way baseball's going. Helio Ramos is a guy that they've got in the system now who's playing multiple positions now, or... I think he's at a couple different spots, isn't he? I think he? he's playing primarily outfield right now. Right, right and left, or I think he plays center. Oh, it's just center. Okay, yeah, I didn't center. know. I didn't know where. He, I, it just says OF on a lot of his right, right, like, right. prospect another, cards. Another, He'll be this, down at San Jose. Good. Yeah, him and Barter. He's one of the highest touted guys they got right now. Yeah, we're, hey, nineteen Albie, years old. Albie and I were looking at the schedule, like going down there the first weekend to watch him play. Like that's how excited we are to go watch wow. these guys play. The last Giants guy to play every position that I could think of was it was multiple positions was probably what Eduardo Nunez when they still had him. Yes, he played third, he played second, he played in the outfield, and I, 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 loved, I, I him. loved him when he played. Me too. Great. He was Me great. too. I loved him. I, he was a Giants. great. He was a great twin, and yeah. I, I like watching the Twins play. Which I know everyone's going to go who, who watches the Twins, but I do. I'm a big Joe Maurer <laughs> guy. Yeah. By the way, the last time I went down to San Jose to watch a play. Was Kyle Crick? Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, I watched, So uh, you put your stamp on him. Thanks. I put my stamp on Crick. He Appreciate started ninety nine. The, the, the one guy I went, I went down there lot, two years ago, and I watched a couple guys, and like I watched um, Ryan Howard, who's who's a nice young player. They have some guys, and then uh, Brian Reynolds, who they end up trading to the Pirates for Andrew McCutcheon. So like, there's so many. They they have they do a nice job of bringing people up through San Jose, and I think that seeing Bart and Ramos start down there, it's gonna be pretty exciting. Yeah, I think they're both gonna be fast tracked. They need these guys to come through. And I, Helio Ramos will probably be a little longer uh, of a minor league stay, if you will. I yes. think Joey Bart's going to be on the fast track. I, I'm pushing for it. I know I'm in the minority. I know I sound crazy. I want to see the guy play in 2019, strictly selfishly, <laughs> if, if anything else. Let's get to the bullpen, boys. A couple years ago, the biggest problem on the Giants was the bullpen. And many could say they lost that series to the Cubs because of the bullpen. Yep. Uh, they've moved off some of the guys. They brought in some guys. Last year, I thought they found a couple of really nice value spots in Sam Dyson, acquiring him from the Texas Rangers, 
getting Tony Watson late in the year, uh, or late in the free late agent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The offseason, excuse me. Uh, and then you had Mark Melanson. We know he was a lemon the last few years. The arm was all jacked up. He had, the, I think, a UCL injury to start the year last year. They got rid of Hunter Strickland. They allowed him to walk. He signs with Seattle, paving the way for Bryce Harper to come here, hopefully. <laughs> but where are you guys at when it comes to this rotation? And another name I want to bring up before I forget, Ray Black, who intrigued me. Yeah. I don't know that he necessarily will start with the big club, but when you throw 100, Triple that's intriguing. Black. Yeah, yeah so, he looked good. So where are you guys at on the, on, the, on the bullpen? Do you want to see somebody traded to bring something else in as far as the farm? Or do you stay on Pat and just kind of see what you got in the first couple months? I think you kind of stand pat. It's going to be interesting, the strategy with the opener and how yes. different roles are going to be placed. But uh, one guy you didn't mention was Reyes Maranta. Good call. Forgot about really him. really like him a lot. The Yasmero Petit of 2018. Homegrown, uh, international signing. Yeah. He's, he throws hard. He throws strikes. Uh, he's going to be a very – he might be their future closer. Great call. I forgot about him. He was yeah. really good last year. He was fantastic. Really he was good last year. consistently good. Came in in jams and always got guys out. Yes. Watson was fantastic. The, the lefty duo with Will Smith. Forgot about Will Smith. And Tony That's Watson right. is going to be great. I mean – we're, yeah, we're forgetting guys. And these, this is this can be is a pretty Will deep. Is Will Smith bullpen. your closer? Yeah, I would say. so. I think so too. Coming off the Tommy John, the Tommy John injury, he, he looked, looked great. great last year. He did, and I, they I, gave up. A, are you skeptical? No, no, I'm not skeptical at all. He was the great deal by by Bobby. I was say, probably his last good deed. Yeah, on paper, we're like, oh my god, they gave up Phil Bickford and yeah. uh, Susak. Susak for for a, a, a left-handed reliever. It's like, what are they doing? And then it turned out. Will Smith's great. Um, Susak's nowhere to be found, and I don't think Bickford's passed double A yet. Wow. Smith is going to be the kind of guy that's going to just be consistently holding down the ninth, and then by the time July 31st rolls around and the Giants are probably not going to be in contention, you just trade him. You get all the bidders. You got Houston, Boston, New York. You want this lefty. It's like It'll be like Andrew Miller, or it'll be like uh, Brad Hand You know the trade deadline a few years ago. Mm-hmm. This will be a big piece. I think they're going to get a nice return on investment. Also, two former like guys that. who were starters who became relievers. Those are those are both good examples. I, like both those guys. Miller, That's right. highly touted prospect. Traded, traded Miguel, Miguel Cabrera. Cabrera. <laughs> Brad Hand, also a former and starter. And Dontrell. Yeah, Don, yeah Dontrell's in that deal. And Cameron, Cameron Mabin, another yes. highly touted prospect yes. in that Still deal. Still in the league. Uh, I, I, a guy we left out... Um, uh, maybe an under radar signing. We'll see what it is. Uh, Pat Vendetti. He could great throw call from, on Vendetti. He could go from both sides of the mound. I Opener. Mean, Opener. He's yep. amphibious. Love. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, <laughs> so, so we we like the bullpen. I think we're all in agreement there. And it's yeah. kind of wait and see as far as if they're going to move off anyone. Mark Melanson as an opener, guys. I'm sorry. I just no. I'm I'm of yes. the nature that Mark Melanson is just. This is damaged goods. You bought a bad car. It's a lemon. We've all done it. We've accidentally done it. Where was the private eye uh, breaking down his physical? I do not know. But I don't know where they can get uh, return on Melanson other than lopsided losses where you throw him in late in games to just chew innings. Uh, after I said, like, I spoke to him yesterday, I started by saying, hey, love to deal with the Pirates um, as a Pirate fan. And he was very appreciative of that. But talked to him. I said, I asked him what the opener, like I mentioned earlier. And he, he, was, he was like, I've always wanted to start. But I said, what's the... What's the mindset like as a guy that's used to being late innings or closer mm-hmm. and going to starting? And he goes, it's completely different. And, you know, you have to adjust. And, and it's it's a, like a mental thing. And I think that it's not a bad idea to let him do that. If he, if he comes out, struggles the night before, let him go out there and do that. Like Kind of like what Joe Madden used to do with like Rizzo. He knew Rizzo was struggling. Yes. He put him in the leadoff spot. They get more at-bats, see more pitches. I can see you do now with someone like Melanson. Melanson said yesterday at media day that his arm never felt better. And that's an encouraging sign if, he, if it actually means it because – I think that you could still get something on him. The the, he, the Pirates milked probably the best years of his career out of him. He wasn't that good with the I mean, he went to the National second half of the that last year before he came to the Giants and he was okay. He wasn't elite like he was when he was at the Pirates for those years. But I'm hoping you can get something out of him because one of the right handed guys. I mean, you have Reyes Moranta and you have Sam Dyson, which are great. Uh, and then Ray Black and Ray Black. But you have a lot of left handed relievers. Which if you watch how teams are built, especially a team like the Dodgers, your guy goes like Rich Hill four innings. You turn over to the bullpen. That's yeah. how baseball's going. Excluding the opener, you see teams go. They want pitches to go four innings. They don't want guys going more than three times through the order. They want to go two, and you bring in the really in the relievers, and they have so many good left-handed relievers, which is is, is huge. But then again, if you're going to try to limit how many how many relievers you can use in a game, it kind of it kind of kills that strategy. But yeah, yeah, I don't I don't have too many warm and fuzzies for Mark Melanson. Um, Thank you. They're coming off the you know the NLDS blowing the game against the Cubs, and they go they twice. Go, they go yeah, in one twice. game, twice in one game. Oh, and Cueto just hanging that. Oh, Gillespie yeah. with the monster shot. Anyway, long story short, I, going in they make their big you know free agent closer splash by bringing him in. I think it was he and Kenley were like the two closers on the market mm-hmm. the last year. The Dodgers weren't going to let him go. They bring in Melanson. Everyone was kind of scratching their heads, like I don't know about this. 
And then he sets the tone on the first day of the Blowing season the in Arizona. Save. Bumgarner hits two home runs off Grinky, and next thing you know, he blows the save. It was just like, I just have no good feelings about him at all. You know that Armando Benitez, for as much as we blasted him, you probably weren't in the market by this time, but Armando Benitez was the highly touted free agent. The Giants bring him in. I remember, I remember him with the Mets. Yeah, well, he was with Florida as well. Yeah. I mean, he was really good. Bring him in. And he gets 17 saves, and we booed him out of town. Oh. Is Mark Melanson going to get a career of 17 saves with the Giants? I don't think he will. I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I am too. I think right now he's at like seven or eight. Well, how many? How many? Uh, how many saves does Melanson have with the Giants right now? We'll have to look that up. I think it's like 11. I mean, again, I'm taking Benitez. I'm taking Armando Benitez over Mark Melanson. Oh, wow. Say that out loud. That that, that hurts. Melanson, just... 14 career saves with the Giants. Okay, he'll hit the over. You think he'll hit the over? I'm yeah. going to stay the under. I'll take the over because, you know, there's going to be days where Will Smith's probably pitching back-to-back okay. back or whatever, and they'll need a guy in there. And they are it, paying they are paying him closer money, so maybe just maybe Farhan will to start the year. If his arm's feeling good and he looks good in spring, maybe he'll start. He'll get the ninth to start the year. Okay. And then he blows a couple, and it's like, you're out of here. It, realistically, and I'm just saying this realistically, looking at their rota- their their bullpen, they don't actually – I mean, I like the idea of Reyes Maranta being a future closer. They don't have a closer in their bullpen. Like, Sam Dyson had struggled. That's why Texas got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Melanson struggled in that spot. I like Will Smith. Give him some time. I'm not saying he's going to collapse, but I want to see he hasn't done He's not an established closer year over year like Melanson was and like Dyson was. Remember Dyson in the game against yes. Toronto in the, in, the wild, in the playoffs? And then to start the year, he was just awful. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think the ninth inning mentality gets to people, and that's why you know, getting guys to come in before you and, and not putting so much pressure on these guys, letting them pitch in different let them start games as the opener. Mm-hmm. It helps guys. Me- I think it'll help guys mentally. Some guys will disagree. I think it's something that needs to be done. And someone like Melanson, that's why I said I think the opener will be a good idea for him. Yeah, you know, boys, I wanted to transition now. Uh, we're going to talk about the NL West, I think, next week. That will save the NL and the yeah. AL West for next week. We can really dissect that. There's a lot of big Major League Baseball topics, though, that are going into this year, one of them being the DH and it being universal. So the American League and the National League would adopt it at some point. And then there was the shift. Let's start with the DH. Uh, are you guys in or out on the premise of a designated hitter in general? I'm in. I'm in. I'm totally in. Uh, so you, you like... You like the the DH being in both leagues? Yes, both leagues. Listen, I understand. You know, I, I grew up a Giants fan. I'm still a Giants fan. I'm a National League guy, all the way through. But at the end of the day, I'm for change in every sport. I like to improve the sport, and I think having a for every Madison Bumgarner, for every Mike Hampton, for every Levon Hernandez, there is a Barry Zito, there is a Tim Lincecum that just get up there and are an automatic out. And I just don't think it's necessary. I, I think sh- I think it should be one through nine guys that can swing the swing the bat. Uh, it'll prolong careers for veteran hitters. I, it just makes mo- makes more sense to me. Cody, what do you think about this? Uh, I guess I told you guys before pre-show, pre-pod that I can lean either way. I'm actually leaning more towards you know Universal DH because I, I don't want to see Johnny Cueto take forward bats. Although that might not happen. I don't want to see guys <laughs> who can't hit take, get forward bats up there. I'd rather see someone like uh, this is a bad example, but someone like Mac Williamson get some chances at DH. A guy that. Guys that are fourth or fifth outfielders that, you know, they have some potential or they don't. Or a guy that's like, you're, it's going to start the year in AAA and people want to see him play. And someone like Joey Bart, they, uh, maybe having him start as a DH, which they won't do that, but having him start as a DH, just to get in the line, to get at bats, get repetition, instead of just being like, all right, well, you're going to sit on the bench for four days. Then we're going to bring you off the bench as a pinch hitter or we're going to put you in a spot where you haven't played in a week or two. Mm-hmm. Like, bringing in a DH is smart because you see so many pitches go out there and just, you know, to swing the bat, or they don't even swing the bat. They just stand there and take three three strikes, and, they're, and you're you know, obviously it's just a waste. I think it's it's a smart move to do it. It's not going to come and play until what twenty twenty two if they do it. So you got a couple of years. Yeah, you got some time. So yeah, I, I think that arguably, you know, right now I'd say yes, but my mind will change probably a thousand times on it. But right now yeah. I'll say yes. Okay. Well, if we peel this onion back a little, and then this is kind of the larger conversation I'd rather have instead of just do you like the DH or not. Personally, if you're going to adopt the universal DH, I would like to see them do away with the old-school American and National League and then just create a California division, right? So you could play the Angels, the A's, San Diego Padres. Like, if you can't catch a Southwest flight, I don't want you in my division anymore. Now, if you don't have universal DH, (laughs) I would like to see them get rid of interleague play. I'm going to be honest with you guys. As great as an Oakland A's-Giants series is, I don't need the Toronto Blue Jays coming to AT&T Park. And conversely, I don't really... 
I'm not that enthralled with going to play the Baltimore Orioles. I know it's great to have the Red Sox and the Yankees every four years on the schedule, but one or the other. So if if you're going to have separate rules for the separate leagues, then let's do away with interleague. It's not that cool. I don't necessarily think it's the greatest thing in the world. Let's have two separate leagues with two separate rules. I'm cool with that. But if you're going to go universal DH... I say we need to have massive realignment, scrap the American League and the NL thing, and maybe we can have a Yankees versus Red Sox in a World Series or Giants-Dodgers in a World Series because we change around the division. So you'd have the Giants and the A's in a division with the Dodgers and the Padres and the Angels, for example, and then you can maybe throw in the Seattle Mariners. I know that's a drastic turn from NLAL and DH and all that, but I feel like the crux of this NL ALDH conversation is hey, every single day we're having two teams from the American League and the NL face each other, and we have this DH dilemma. So, is that a lot to unpack? Am I going way off the board with this? Uh, a little bit because I'm a guy that likes to see players from other divisions come here. Okay. Uh, Toronto is a bad example. They're going to have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. play, Bo Bichette. They have so many good young players. But, but you're a diehard baseball fan, the, the, you know? Okay. The Orioles are, are a great example. I, I don't care to see the 55 win <laughs> Orioles come to town to Chris play Davis. the Giants or the A's. Yeah, Chris Davis, who had arguably the worst year ever for a hitter last year. <laughs> but I'd like to see the, the Tampa Bay Rays, the, the Yankees, the Red Sox, hell, the Royals, the White Sox, other young guys. I want to see teams you don't you're not used to seeing. I, I don't need to see the Padres play 19 times a year. But but isn't baseball now more than ever quote unquote regional? And so what I'm saying is that most people are really only focused on their regional team. So why does it have to be such a national thing? I would embrace regionality and then embrace these local regional rivalries like the A's. How fun was that A's series last year? I'm not a guy that bashes the A's left and right, but I embraced that A's-Giants rivalry. It was a lot of fun. What if you put the Angels on the schedule? Now you have more of an LA-SF rivalry to kind of mix in there. Then the Dodgers and the Angels have a rivalry. Again, I know this isn't necessarily the DH, but I think this is the bigger conversation. When you unify the rule book, maybe you can bring these types of elements into the game. And plus, then you're giving more exposure to someone like Mike Trout, who doesn't get oh, a yeah. lot of exposure, and that's that's actually a very good thing for baseball. That was the first time we've seen Mike Trout against the Giants when we went and played them. Like, Because I really haven't focused on Mike Trout. Have you? I mean, you're a big-time Giants fan. How many times do we really get to see our Giants against someone as special and as unique as Mike Trout? I feel like we're only going to get three or four series in his entire career. Yeah, I love that. I love the whole California you like that idea, huh? Yeah, you yeah, like that, that idea. That was good. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think. I mean, this isn't. This is not going to happen, though. I mean, we're this. This is a. We've been talking about rule changes. You know, what what are the other uh, moving the mound bar back is another one that I've been hearing over the last couple of weeks. Hey, would you like to move the mound back? Ban the shift. I mean, these are, are you some against of the, that kind of stuff? Or I mean, listen, I, I I'm open to it because look, we lowered the mound at one point. Pitching took over. We lowered the mound, and then there's this other one that came out this week, which was. If you bring in a pitcher, he has to face at least three batters. This one I don't like at all because how many times have we seen a guy come in, he can't find the mound? And you're like, dude, or he can't find the, the strike zone, for example. And you're like, dude, get this guy out of the game. Isn't that for, but I think that's like drama. Like, yeah, like there's the spotlight on the pitcher on the mound. This guy can't find the strike zone. And if you zone. make a move, it has to be the right move. Yeah, I think, okay. I love it. I think that's great. I think that's one of the most interesting rule changes of all of them. I mean, this guy has to throw a striker. He's getting, he's just sending right down the middle cock shots. Boom. People are just <laughs> taking him deep. I'd love to see that. Uh, I think that, what is this, 2022 we're looking at? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's There's just so much going on in around all the sports, NFL, basketball. We see offense up. Do you, I love offense. I want to see it in baseball, too. No one wants to see a one nothing game anymore. Oh, see, I, I disagree there because I do love the beauty. And maybe I'm a purist. Call me a crazy person. No, the fine. one nothing Cueto game versus Shawnee Lester in the playoffs, uh, Chicago Cubs versus the Giants, that was one of the best games I've ever seen, even though we lost one nothing. And they're few and far between, though, when it's the middle of August and you're 25 games out. Right, and we're seeing – Strikeout numbers through the roof. Through the roof. Through the roof. Like we need to improve this. Like we're, there's too many one nothing games that aren't like pick, pitchers duels that are legit pitchers duels. It's just this guys going up there and missing. See, that's my bigger my bigger thing is I feel like golf has really leaked into baseball when it comes to the track man exit velocity launch angle all of this right. angle of attack and that was a big golf term thing and what it's done is it's got told guys hey. There's no point in being a contact hitter. You need to be a power hitter. That's how you're going to get paid. You know, it's it's more fruitious to be Joey Gallo than it is to be Pete Rose, for example, in today's day and age. <laughs> and me personally, I want to see the ball in play more. I want to see more defense. I want to see more athleticism. I want to see more base running. And so it, I, I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but it's, it's, it's a tough quandary that baseball finds itself in. Uh, the only rule change that I'm tired of hearing about is the shift. 
the ship's been around for forever. Totally agree. And people are mad about it because 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 guys can't, you know, oh, they're hitting the ship. Then learn how to slap it the mm-hmm. other way. Drop down a damn bunt. Figure I something agree. out. The one thing people complain about in basketball at times, well, this team shoots too many three-pointers. The three-pointer's been around for how many years now? 35 years. Teams have now utilized it more than ever. That's the same thing with the shift. It's yeah. a way to help you win the damn game. Yeah, and I'm tired of hearing about them saying they want to ban it because oh, well, they're not scoring runs. I don't care. Yeah. If you lose one nothing, you lose one nothing. Figure it out. Adjust. Lay down, have guys that know how to lay, lay down, down a bunt the, bunt, the right lay way. Lay down the bunt, but then you're going to have like guys like Nolan Arenado who just because they shifted on him, he's going to have to push bunt now. Like I'd, I'd rather yeah, but, I'd rather see Nolan go up there with a normal field and just try to crush. Isn't there a checks and balances, though? Like, well, wouldn't the other team adjust if he were to take advantage? Let's say one week he bunts three or four times. Like, Okay, now teams are going to adjust a little, right? No, I guess. I mean, we see we've seen Brandon Belt try to do it a few Bonds times. Bonds did it. Bond, Bond. Bonds dropped Tommy. multiple bunts. Yeah, in the nineties. Oh yeah, I remember it distinctively. Oh yeah, I don't remember that. Oh yeah, Bonds used to drop. Wait, bunts. Barry Bonds, the giant, or Barry Bonds, the speedster pirate, the quote unquote giant giant. When uh, he became tr- steroid <laughs> John Barry, he never Falco bunted. Barry. But before that, Alleg- yes, he would, allegedly he would drop a bunt every now and then to just keep the defense honest. I mean, look, I I, I see both sides of the equation. I actually like the shift. I, I enjoy it. I think it's incredible. I like the way the TV's presenting it. Um, and in little leagues and in high school and in college, teams are shifting left and right anyway. It, it's another reason for major markets to, to sorry to bitch and moan that small market teams are finding a way to, to finding ways in the to margins make, and the, the the shift, yes. the opener, using different players everywhere around. Just because the Yankees didn't start the damn shift doesn't mean we have to ban it. Because the Red Sox didn't start the opener. It was the Rays that did that. So the Rays are usually at the forefront of every baseball innovation there is. The shift with Joe Madden. Batting guys out mm-hmm. of different places in the, in the order. Especially leadoff. Having your t- t- typical power hitter start in the leadoff spot. It, everything. The shift. It's just it's something that needs... Major market teams are, and, and owners are going to complain about it, and it's, it's going to eventually get changed because Rob Manfred is such an, a nincompoop when it comes to stuff like that. And <laughs> That's it, a just, whole nother pod, Cody. I don't know, man. I, I'm just I'm so sick of the lefty specialist coming in for one out, and then Boji comes out of the mound and takes him out, and then it's like— See, well, this is where I would expedite that. Don't come in after you've been throwing in the bullpen a thousand times and come in and throw an extra 25 warm-up pitches. Like in softball and in little leagues, there's limits on how many uh, warm-up pitches you can throw. Uh, in golf, instead of going to commercial break, they put the commercial on the bottom of the screen. You get three or four warm-up pitches, and that's it. Let's expedite this bad boy. You got to come jogging in. You can't come waltzing in to an entire theme song like it's the WWE Whoa. and have your, your music <laughs> come out. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Like you- Expedite the in-between-the-innings BS. Well, uh, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks did that. They brought back the bullpen car. So let's have every team utilize the bullpen car. Okay. You can shuttle the guys out onto the field. Uh, that shuttle, lazy? Shuttle, we shuttle, can't yeah. jog 100 yards? <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to speed up the game, there it is. Bring the bullpen car. All right, guys. I, I, we've coming up on about an hour on this podcast. We've done a great job. Albie, Falouse, Cody uh, Elias. My name's Joe Shasky. This is the Baseball Pod. We're definitely going to do this every single week. Remember this week in baseball, Twib? It used yeah. to be one of my staples Love growing that. up. I did, too. Uh, I want to definitely turn this into a once-a-week podcast where we're talking baseball. Guys, next week, we'll find out where Bryce Harper goes. We're going to discuss Ooh, Madison Bumgarner. We're going to break down the NL West. And then, Cody, you've got some sound. Mark Melanson talking about Bryce Harper. If he comes to the Giants, you guys going to be excited? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I want to see balls back in the cove. Me too! How hot and bothered do you think the splash cam guy is right now? Uh, not only that. Um, hey, McCovey, McCovey Dave. Look, I'm going to yeah. leave. Let me, I'm going to ask you this real quick, and we'll talk about it next week. Is Bryce Harper signs most polarizing athlete in the Bay Area right now? Ooh, I like that. Kevin Durant. I like that. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hit subscribe, like, love, and leave a, leave a review for us. It's Baseball Pod.